Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Woody Allen Retrospective right here on PlanetTyro.com. I'm your host, Donald Wanda, and I'm here with the man with the master plan. The man, the man of men, the men of men, the master of the universe. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck. I don't, <laughs> yeah. know, I don't even know what I'm this like, guy is. I'm like, you just keep going, you know. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Let's, Me, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's just trademark all that as well, you yeah. know, just in case the toy line needs to be, you know, matching so we get all the catchphrases right. People, just tell me what you want me to call them from now. It's Simon Red. Okay, thank you. Yes, finally, a movie I actually know in terms of like I've seen it and I actually really like it, so... I'm happy to be here. I think most people can say they've seen this movie. It's a very well-received movie. It's across the board. People will know what it is. But before we talk about that movie, guys, on the last discussion, we actually spoke about that movie, that very whatever movie, You Will Meet a Tall Dark Stranger with Anthony Hopkins and Tony Banderas and a lot of wasted talent, guys. A very despised movie in terms of Woody's filmography. If you want to hear our nearly 30 minute discussion on it click on the top right hand corner of the youtube card it's a playlist of all the other woody allen retrospective movies that we've covered it's called woody allen retro we've got the website i'll put it on the screen here and i'll leave a link in the description below if you want to just check out the other recordings we've done as always guys this is a spoiler discussion review we're going to talk about it ruin the movie for you but as i said in the beginning this is a very well known about movie a lot of people have seen this movie it won a whole lot of awards in fact, this movie kind of re-put Woody Allen on the map. I know we said it like three or four times. There's a couple movies that keep on... But it keeps happening to him. You yeah. know, it keeps happening to him. And I distinctly remember when this movie came out and I saw it in theaters, I thought Woody Allen was gone. Like he retired or something. Sure. And, and it was just three years between this and uh, Wiki Christie, no, Barcelona. That gap was just so deep that... It, you didn't hear anything about him. And then this came out of nowhere and a lot of people remembered, oh yeah, I love Woody Allen. He's a really good director. He's a terrific writer. Yeah, we love this guy. He can't do no wrong. Everything's forgiven. Before we talk about the movie, I do want to say I'm very curious if that's going to be the case in the next couple of years because again, I meant everybody knows at the time of this recording, at the end of 2017, this whole female sexual assault Me Too saga is continuing and right now woody allen's been targeted that dylan farrell came out saying why is people not targeting him for the record let me just say is let me just say i'm gonna get shit for saying this his situation is different if you want to know the whole in and outs of that just go into you you need to understand the whole thing you know what i mean i don't want to make it sound like i'm a proof of any kind of sexual assault but why i'm saying that is everyone looks down on woody allen then he makes a movie and then it's all forgotten, all forgiven, and everyone doesn't. So it's kind of like, do I think Woody Allen could do that again? Do I think he can have another movie like this that people are going to watch and be like, hey, he's great, and, you know, whatever, whatever, because people tend to do that all the time with Woody Allen, and I don't think this time's going to be any different. But before we talk about all that, maybe we'll do that in a different discussion. Simon, tell us what the movie is that people don't know, and then we'll get into this yeah, as well. Oh yeah, although... This is, it should be obvious just from the decade that we're in the 2010s and for the hype. But yeah, we're talking about 2011's Midnight in Paris, a huge comeback movie for Woody Allen. Highly praised, highly awarded. And like I said before, it's one of my personal cherished Woody Allen memories as well because I haven't watched his movies for a long time. And then I grew up and it was one of the first movies I saw in London when I moved to London. And it's a magnificent film for the fact that it it's an idea of capturing a feeling 
and capturing an appreciation for Paris because Paris gives you that feeling, which sounds like a very difficult thing to do because it's so abstract and so emotional, but it really it reimagines to do it within the five, first five minutes. This film begins with a montage of beautiful scenery in Paris. The cinematographer from anything else that we, you know, praised beforehand a lot has returned here. Darius Konji, I believe that's his name. Go so, with that, yeah. Yeah, sorry if I butchered it, but he is terrific. He's a magnificent cinematographer and he really he really shines in this film. Like this is this movie is just as much to his credit for its success as you know, Woody Allen as a director. But on with the plot, I believe that someone else who really benefited this from this film was also Owen Wilson. Mm-hmm. He's the main character here. He plays a writer called Jill Pender, who used to do quite well for himself in Hollywood, writing scripts on demand. But he got a bit bored of it. He doesn't think it's genuine, and he's trying his luck with a novel, which already makes him a much better character than, you know, the past 10 Woody Allen certificates because he's not some loser who can just get write a book and he's failing miserably. He's an accomplished guy who actually takes a risk for passion and for art. So you already kind of respect him. I disagree with that, by the way, but I'll get into why. Uh, of course, we've got the Grinch in the building. Not again. in the way you think, but I'll get to that. Go on. I just think, you know, Owen Wilson had a suicide attempt because he's a very passionate guy. And I was shocked to learn that just because of a breakup, he would actually go that far. So to see him make a comeback and to his acting career with such a good project was, you know, I, I forgot I, about that. Yeah, I think it, that was that was a great little side story to all of this. And I know, in, for instance, like a movie like Celebrity, you hated, uh, you hated the main character because you were like, that's a really bad Woody Allen imitation. Super forced, super super forced. And Owen Wilson does his own thing here, and in terms of you know, becoming a next generational Woody Allen persona. It works beautifully. To me, he's really relatable and likable. And he, he has, is definitely his own character. It's not an imitation. And the story revolves around his trip to Paris with his fiancée, played by the beautiful Rachel McAdams, who just can't stay mad at, even though she's a complete cunt in this movie. <laughs> no. <laughs> she's not very nice. I think there's been the worst female Woody Allen characters but she's not very well nice. well her and her parents bring the real Republican sauce to Paris so you can already tell that there's a bit of tension of uh well at least this time Woody completely leans into it it's not subtle at all you know? no the, just the way you wanted it to it's probably the biggest jab against Republicans since everybody says I love you yeah basically her and her parents are just total douchebags very conservative, and they don't get any of his passions and his appreciation for the city and for antiques and for, you know, the sophisticated, lost cultures of the past, the icons that Owen Wilson respects so much. And where the movie really kicks in and where the title comes from, that after a long day of spending it with his fiance and her dumbass parents and this pseudo-couple who are friends of his fiance that obviously from the from the fiance's perspective she fancies the hell out of this random dude who's just a, what what is it Owen Wilson call him uh, a pseudo liberal yeah yeah basically a douchebag a know-it-all douchebag who just commentates on everything keeps correcting the tour guide of what he thinks is the correct interpretation of other artists work but of course he never done 
anything himself. He never did any art. He reminds me of the guy from Any Hall who just stands in the cinema line <laughs> and just just talks all the smack up yeah. until the director comes out and says, oh, this guy's a complete moron. He doesn't understand any of my work. But after that long day, Owen Wilson goes for a walk and he gets lost. And when the clock hits midnight, suddenly an old-fashioned car shows up and a bunch of very friendly, very well-dressed people jump out of the car and just say, hey, friend. You want to come with us? And he's like, well, you're French and I don't speak French very well. I'm not sure what this is, but I'm kind of tired and lost. And oh, fuck it. Might as well go along. And he ends up at this crazy party. And soon enough, as he meets more and more colorful characters, he begins to realize that, wait a second, something's not right. Because the people he meets, when they introduce themselves, they share names with some oddly iconic artists from the past. So the first character he meets is F. Scott Fitzgerald, played by your boy, Tom Hiddleston. Loki, Loki, Loki. Yeah, if you want to do Marvel puns, you can tell that they scooped up everybody because there's a lot of them in this movie. Well, one more guy, but, you know, for a Woody Allen movie, that's quite a lot. Well, apart from the Marvel, you know, points I like to point out, just always Woody picking people that have gone on to do bigger and better things. And obviously, as we're catching up with the timeline... Oh, seeing yeah. Tom Hiddleston be Loki. And to be honest with you, his profile has increased so much in Hollywood over the last five years, apart from the Marvel stuff. It was nice to see him in here that Woody picked him up because I completely forgot. At the time, I didn't really know him for anything. He didn't do Avengers came, what, a couple years later? Yeah. And really, not only a very well cast movie that's at this point in time, you know, typical for Woody. I mean, well, that's the only consistent Woody Allen. Yeah, yeah, that's ninety percent of them are well casted. All of his movies are very well cast. But but it's nice to see that ever since Ricky Christie Barcelona, he has an easier time of getting basically anybody he sure. wants. Like he always had that prestige mm-hmm. where an actor wanted to work with him and was maybe willing to take a pay cut. Yeah. But after that movie success, you know, the last three films, he could just get anybody. Now, to be honest with you, that's always been the case. But in this one, what he did, what I really like, that he actually went for the right people for the right characters. Because, no surprise, I bet a lot of people have seen this movie or heard about this movie. It turns out that, yes, Tom Hiddleston is actually the F. Scott Fitzgerald, and Elson Pill plays his loving wife, Zelda Fitzgerald. They are the Fitzgeralds, and they are very much real. Owen Wilson actually traveled back in time. And he meets all these iconic artists who at that point in time, the 1920s, that uh, Owen Wilson always dreamed about and idolized, hung out in Paris. And he gets to party with them. He gets to meet them and talk to them and learn about their personalities. Like a few minutes later, Corey Stolls, who you can see in House of Cards and again in Marvel, I think he was the villain in Ant-Man. Yeah, exactly. Well done. He plays uh, the one known. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wasn't going to say that because I don't remember that <laughs> character wasn't memorable at all. Yeah. Unlike his character in here, which is Ernest Hemingway, the writer of all writers, probably yeah. one of the greatest ones in terms of American literature. Correct. Widely agreed upon. Yes, correct. And after that, the movie, for me at least, is just absolutely fantastic. What's so masterful here that Woody Allen took all these iconic historical figures, and there's a lot of them. I mean... Half of it is uh, kind of spoiling the movie, but I mean, you have Kathy Bates returning as Gertrude Stein. You have a small role here for Adrian Brody, who plays Salvador Dali when he had the, uh, an obsession with rhinoceroses. You know, I'm, I'm talking like him now because obviously he was Spanish. So yeah. a, a rhinoceros 
and that's a great joke. And he managed to craft it all in with the narrative with all these different historical figures and artists are their own fleshed out characters and they add so much to the film. I mean, there's not another movie you can think of where the characters leave such an impact are so colorful. No, I can't. Not at the museum. No. No, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I, I didn't even know how to tolerate that. I was like, is he joking? I had to think of like, are you drunk right now? Like, what? What is wrong with you? I mean, I know <laughs> the whole thing of historical characters coming back to life, but it's usually gimmick. It's like when yeah. Caesar shows up, Caesar's just wearing a skirt. I'm playing, I'm playing. These feel like real people. It feels like you're meeting the real person in the flesh. Yeah. And that's the whole point of the movie that, of course, Owen Wilson's character learns a lot and he opens up as a writer while Rachel McAdams gets more infatuated with this douchebag pseudo pseudo intellectual guy which i'm glad the movie doesn't focus on a lot no 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 i mean when i first saw it it was a bit shocking to me because i haven't watched nearly as many woody Allen movies as i've seen now yeah throughout this retrospective so i was like well this is very different from the usual hollywood filmmaking 100 yeah. percent yeah mostly because they handle the fact that not, not only the two affairs very blasé which is typical woody yeah but also the female lead, the true female lead of this movie is one of my favorite actresses, Marion Cotillard, who plays a mysterious, beautiful girl who has an affair with Picasso at first, but apparently she already had a few affairs with a couple of other painters, and she traveled to Paris to study fashion under Coco Chanel because she was interested in costume design for the theater and Hemingway's all over her, wanting to steal her from Picasso. And of course... Gil, Owen Wilson's character, just can't help but feel drawn to her and he falls in love. And the movie feels like that's a-okay, even though he's engaged, but it, there doesn't seem to be any pushback on that. He's like, well, man, if you're in love, you're in love. You can't help it. I want to hear your opinion because it's obvious that I really like the film. So yeah. I'm not going to go on about it too much. I'll just mention the final point that... Sure. After all these great dialogue segments and introductions to all these great performances by these actors and all these great characters, the second half of the movie really focuses on, after the emotional tone has set and this kind of nostalgic feeling and appreciation and the classic beauty of Paris and old times, it hits you with the realism. And the message of the movie is you can always be nostalgic. It's, it, it's looking through a filter. You only see the good bits. That's the point of nostalgia sure. that you romanticize the past yes and owen wilson learns this through marion cotillard's character who lives in this terrific time to be alive and to be in paris and paris is so beautiful and all these col colorful characters and wonderful artists all around and she is dating them yet she's talking about how she wants to go even further back in time because she doesn't like her own time because for her that is the present so she doesn't appreciate all these legends that she's surrounded by yeah. because to her, it's just people she met. Sure. It's just her friend circle. She doesn't know what's going to come and how they're going to go down in history. So when they travel further back in time, which is a very clever idea to kind of push the time travel gimmick further, she falls immediately in love with the past period and she actually decides to stay. And that's how Owen Wilson learns that, hey, I maybe I need to move on. I need to appreciate the lessons I learned and what history and my idols teach me and apply that to my present life and make bolder life choices to kind of live my life 
the way that would make them proud. It's so funny because when you bring that up, I was just thinking, <laughs> I'm going to show my proper nerdy card now, like you guys don't already know. I was just thinking of Booster Gold from the DC Universe. <laughs> coming, back, coming back to the Justice League, trying to live out the glory days as a superhero. You know what I mean? And people, well, you know, why would you come for the future here? Because here's the best time, you know, because the future ain't that great. And that's Owen Wilson's character. So anyway, Apart from that little nerdy aside I just made there, what do I think of the movie? Because obviously Simon loves this movie and the mass people love this movie. And I have to say, guys, I'm going to be completely honest. I'm going to be the dark horse in the movie and say I do not like this movie as much as the majority of people. But you, st <laughs> but you still like it. Even your Grinch ass has to admit that this is a pretty good movie. It's a pretty good movie, but here's the thing. And I have to go back to when I originally watched the movie because, again, I was already in my Woody, phase, Woody Allen phase. I already watched all of his movies. And when I watched the movie, it, to me, it was just another decent movie. But for some reason, I didn't understand the sheer reverence people were feeling for the movie because, again, just like on this retrospective this time, I felt like I've seen so many Woody Allen movies. I appreciate what he's done here. But why is this one seen as a masterclass? And not only that, I know a lot of... Woody Allen fans are even more addicted to him, more reverent of his other movies than me. They still think this is his magnum opus. This is such a marvelous movie. And I'm glad I've watched this again in 2017. One of the main reasons I want to use retrospective is to, to have a better understanding of these movies without having nostalgia goggles or just being a fan. Look, this movie's good. There's no doubt about it. Personally, I just think it's a personal taste thing. The reason why this movie doesn't resonate with me the most is just because... Black people don't time travel? Well, you know what? That's funny because I think the best way for me to des to describe this is why I think, why I personally think the movie works. I think this movie works a lot because Paris and France has this, you know, what is, it's called the city of love, right? It's always had this reputation for being the city of love. City of light, city of love, city of romance. Yeah, it's got this very romanticized bubble hype around that it. it's known for... And I just didn't, don't really care for it. And I just, I just feel like this movie, in the right way, capitalizes on all the best elements of France, the way it looks, the way it smells. You mean Paris, because Paris is very different from France. I just, sorry, Paris is, Paris is the capital of France. Yeah, yeah. But I don't but, know. But it, it, it's a, a little country. bit like, it's, it's a know, little bit like London England, versus you're like, right, you're right. you go out to the countryside of England and it's no, like you're, you're in a completely different planet. No, no, you're, you're correct. You're correct. That is true. Everybody so, keeps asking you, why you talk so funny? Right, I mean, true. so stick it to, stick it to Paris. But to be honest with you, the reason why I extended it to France anyway is because people just, France is a country people love, but Paris in particular, yes, just focusing on Paris. They adore Paris. It's just seen so many movies, so many things. I don't know if I buy into all of that stuff. Now, what the movie does well is I think this movie works exceedingly well because it concentrates on all those beautiful things about Paris and it exemplifies it. And on top of that, it uses all the best things about those American culture icons and all the French culture. It just throws the best parts of Paris into you. And if you love Paris already, this movie with the cinematography, with the actors, and that's all done with love. It's just a personal thing. There's nothing wrong with the movie. There's nothing I didn't like about the movie. Even now, I was like, I get it. I see what's going on here. Woody Allen's doing nothing wrong. I just feel like there's people... I feel like there's two kind of people watching this movie because I think the vast majority of people are going to enjoy this movie on two levels. They're going to either love it or they're just going to think it's okay and get it. If you hate the movie, then there's obviously something wrong with you because this is definitely better 
this is one of Woody Allen's best movies. It's not a top 10 movies. I'm not going to deny that. It would be in my top 10 Woody Allen movies, but I didn't really connect with it. I mean, the movie opens like Manhattan opens with sweeping shots of the city, which is perfectly fine. But I guess Owen Wilson is that kind of avatar character you want to insert yourself into where, you know, he has to learn a lesson about his life and appreciate what he's got. And as an artist, you know, you get the whole artist dilemma. I can't really relate to that because I'm not specifically a creative type. We spoke about other movies at like Matchpoint where a character has to go through a certain type of growth and they don't know what they're doing. This guy, I couldn't exactly relate to, but I enjoyed watching him go through his adventure. So that was all good. You know, it's just a personal thing. I think that there's nothing I can really say bad about the movie. I enjoyed it, but I will say, up until the halfway point, I just thought this was a very mediocre movie. What I like about the movie and what I really like about the movie is how it ends. I like the lesson... Owen Wilson learns and how he learns it because that shows one of Woody Allen's best traits to realism the way he realizes that he you know he's in a bit of a fantasy and the only way he really learns his lesson is through another character doing the same thing he's doing you know going through their little nostalgia trip yeah nostalgia trip but getting sucked into it and never coming out of it and he can see the difference like you know what and to be honest with you the thing that really made it funny is that he was like hey you know, in this time, there's no antibiotics. There's no, and this is really funny. He started to really think about it on a, the base realistic level. And that's what made me think, you know what? This isn't just a fantasy. He actually looked at it from a more realistic standpoint, which is really clever. And I actually thought, you know what? That's what would happen. That's why you wouldn't stay in the time period. Not because you can have all the fun, but he looked at it from a realistic standpoint. And that made me enjoy the movie a lot. And, you know, it was a feel-good ending. A bit like a, 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 bit like a fairy tale. It, it could per- perfectly be. But this is, a, this is a diverse movie for Woody Allen. It's like another version of Manhattan, a much more fairy tale version in Paris of all these characters. There's nothing wrong with that. I wouldn't hate anyone for loving this movie. But just personally, I don't find it as reverent as everyone else does. But without a doubt, it's a good movie. Yeah, I, I I I really hold it in high regard. I think it's kind of a masterpiece. <laughs> Just because everything falls in place. The cinematography, the music, the directing, the actors, everything's spot on. To me, his biggest accomplishment is, you know, taking all these historical figures and turning them into real characters in the film. It takes an awful lot of research to feel so confident about writing these characters. They do... I have to... Sorry to cut you, but yeah. those actors playing those historical figures are fantastic i can't take that way they do it so well personally i don't know about those mannerisms or if they're true to those characters in particular i wasn't sure if hemingway sure? was that way because i heard he was actually very depressed and you know he, he actually suffered from writer's book and stuff but in this movie he's so charismatic i was like really but again but that's kind of like the power of this movie that sure it's romanticizing people, everything. yeah and when people mention these these people these legends I think of this movie I, when I when somebody sure. says Hemingway, I think of this movie's version of Hemingway. When they mention Scott Fitzgerald, I f- actually think of Tom Hiddleston a little bit. I actually forgot Tom Hiddleston was in this movie yeah. because I just remembered him as Fitzgerald. I mean, to be able to get to that point where you feel like you know somebody that well from studying them, that you feel confident of putting words in Hemingway's mouth, even though a lot of it is quotes from, like, not, not quotes, but a lot of it is based on his writing, so he speaks the way he writes, and that just makes you appreciate, you know, the talent these guys have. Sure. And also, it's just fun to experience 
Woody Allen's intellect, because I think there are very few movies that really play on intelligence. Most movies are always dumbed down. Like even if it's a little bit complex, it gets dumbed down. And when I feel like I learned something from a film, because we live in an age where unfortunately these guys aren't big brands. No. There's no reboot on a, of any of their stuff. They're not repackaged. That's true. So you really have to go out of your way to gain this kind of knowledge where you were like, oh yeah, I know Hemingway inside out. I could have a conversation with him. I would know what he would say. That's a good point. So to me, I just really appreciate what Woody Allen accomplished as a writer and as somebody who is a student of art and yeah. history. Yeah, without a doubt. Everything you said is spot on. And I, I, I actually wish I loved this movie as much as everyone else. You know, I really do. Because the reference for this movie, it's not just like a great Woody Allen movie. I know a lot of casual people with that. Again, um, I've said this multiple times. I keep on saying it. And actually, it's to Woody Allen's credit. Woody Allen's kind of left behind his traits, his his mannerisms, that Woody Allen character. I think it's to his benefit. Every time you see that character, it's kind of played out. Every time. And thank you, I nearly forgot. Owen Wilson. And this is, I think I, I disagreed with you on something. Now, I said I disagreed with you in the beginning because mm-hmm. I'm saying something to compliment Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson, his take on the Woody Allen character is so natural, it's like no other character. But what you said that I disagreed with is that, you know, some of the other characters, you know, the Woody Allen type characters are not as accomplished as him. Now, most of them I've seen in the movies, they are very, very well off. They are in a very good place in their life. But Owen Wilson pulls it off a lot better because he's so much more likable. Well, I was thinking of the previous movie, um, You Will Meet a Tall Dark Stranger. Who was the Woody Allen character in that movie? Uh, well, the main writer, I mean. like as I in, it, 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 I, I didn't mean like a, a Woody Allen surdicate. Okay. I meant like just a writer. Like he has a lot of characters that have writer's block. Yeah. Um, not just a guy from Celebrity. Fair enough. But well, maybe that's where I got confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. What, what I want to say is that he's very likable. Woody Allen's characters are usually very hateable. Very just... Sometimes to a comical effect, but most of the Woody Allen surrogate characters are just so asshole This one, I actually empathize with him. I liked him. He was very charismatic. And to be honest with you, that's a, a, a common trait that... Owen Wilson has in himself. That's why people like him. I love Shanghai Night, Shanghai New. I love a lot of his movies. A lot oh, of yeah. Wedding movies. Crashers was pretty good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he has that same character. And I know people always criticize him because like, um, all right, all right, all right. He's got certain... Mannerisms, yeah. But every now and then he does a uh, random action movie or something. So you can't blame the guy yeah. because he tries to branch out. It's just really weird. He doesn't... Did you do I Spy with Eddie Murphy? Was that Owen Wilson? Oh, no. I mean, hardcore action movies. He has like two... Yeah. He had the terrorist one a few years back. Yeah. And then he did one where he was just like some agent and they sent him into a war zone. No, he does. He does. And to be honest with you, speaking of which, this at the time of this recording, he's nearly got what is rumored to be an Oscar bait movie with him and Julia Roberts doing that family drama. Oh, Wonder. yeah. Like special or yeah. wonder. What's it called? Yeah. Wonder about the disfigured son. They yeah. Had. But I really wish he would work more with Woody Allen because I think they were yes. they were really good and he should have been Woody Allen's male muse. That's what I wanted. To oh say. yeah, exactly. He should have been. But yeah. then again, Woody he likes to troll people. Like every now and then, where I would say a larger number of people, like the general audience, not the super general billion dollar crowd, but a larger number of the global audience gets turned on by his film and yeah. really becomes a new age he gets a new age fandom he yes. usually follows up with like a really dull movie like a really yeah. typical 
like you know, the next one we're going to talk about. Yeah, and, <laughs> the, and then people just go and like, oh. I, I love the previous film. I can't wait for the next one. Yeah. The fuck is this? Yeah. What was that? What did I just watch? I'm glad you brought it up. Just to be off topic for a minute, because we was talking off mic and I said, you know what? People were shitting on Woody Allen for not being consistent. But if you take all of his good movies, which is probably like 10 to 12, and you look at some of your other favorite directors, Christopher Nolan or... You know, yeah, Martin Scorsese, Spielberg, yeah. He's on the same average as them, but he just has a lot more filler because he does a movie every single year. Him and Steven Spielberg probably have the same amount of content. Is just Spielberg very strategically takes a step back and yeah. says, executive producer, while Woody Allen actually just, you know, writes and directs Good them. Point. That's it. And if he took his time, I think he could refine, but, you know, that's not his MO. He wants to make a movie every year. That's just how he, you know, wants to live his life. And I kind of respect that. And on that basis, he still makes pretty decent movies for no one else has even done that. Well, unless we're watching some fucking YouTube amateur guy videos. (laughs) Oh, what was that one? Burning Annie? Yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Well, it's not even him. I mean, guys that, you know... Uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, for, uh, there's so many guys that are just making budget movies. Woody Allen is a, a director who's got uh, the full weight of studios behind him. He does a movie every year. And even that is worse, they're watchable. So I don't want to say we should forgive him for his bad movies, but on average, you know, he hits and he misses and he's pretty consistent with every decade having a couple of very strong movies. So this is the one that for the for this whole decade has kept him afloat that people have been waiting for him to surpass and you know maybe it hasn't happened yet to this level but we just gotta sometimes enjoy the movies for what they are and just stop stop that thing with you know what have you done for me lately <laughs> Ooh, yeah, yeah. Woody. you know that that kind of that that oh, that was a very good cover of janet jackson like i actually thought she was in the room thank like, you Sam. Yeah. thank you <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's that's all I've got to say about this one. I'll let you have the last word. I, I, I don't even know what I was going to say, to be honest with you, because just watch the movie. With Woody Allen's good movies, it's ironic that for somebody who is so, I don't want to say self-obsessed, but so much in his own vision, yeah, where it's something abstract and artistic when he channels Ingmar Bergman, or rather it, when he directly writes from his own life, even though he never admits it, <laughs> but he blatantly is. He never cares about what anybody else's thinks. He has a solid idea. But yet all his good films, like his really, really, really good films that are critically acclaimed, they're all very digestible. They're easy to relate to. They, you know, just resonate with people and they're very watchable. I mean, I made the mistake of recommending this movie to my mo- mom and her friend and her friend fell asleep during the film. So I know that... Woody's direction and his intelligence is polarizing, especially sure. if you're a dumbass. But I still think that most of his critically acclaimed films are just very watchable and you can easily make up your own mind. It sounds like you insulted your mom there, by the way. No, <laughs> my, mo- my mom liked it. Her friend was oh, a dumbass. Oh, her friend was a dumbass. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, it all comes down to taste, like you said. Sure, but it does. To me, it's, a, it's an amazing accomplishment, just in terms of... Uh, in terms of writing and in terms of colorful characters and, you know, crafting this story. There's not much more to say. It's one of his most accessible movies, as we said that before. And again, it is without a doubt one of his top 10 movies. And saying that, going to On Tomorrow's IMDb, again, certified fresh, highly regarded, very much loved. And it's a very recent movie. So chances are 
you've seen the movie, but again, I, I have a feeling that you're going to fall in a, a few camps. Either you love the movie, it's a marvelous movie, or you just think it's okay. And there's a, a very tiny percent of people that do not like the movie. But guys, whether you love it, you hate it, or you're somewhere in between, let us know what you think in the comments down below. And Simon, I want to say, as always, thank you for joining me on this one, as always. Yeah, this was the last one for 2017, right? Well, we're recording it in 2017, but... This one's probably going to go up early 2018, but the people don't even know that, so it doesn't really matter. But I want to say thank you, Sam, for joining me, because we've been recording these ones in studio, in batch, and we need a break. So, unbeknownst to you guys, we're about to take a very long overdue break from this retrospective. We've been recording every single week for a straight year, goddamn. But it, you're still going to post stuff weekly, it's of just course. we recorded in yeah, advance. Yeah, they, won't yeah. they won't know. We're just doing some more. But anyway, guys, that's a little sneak peek behind the screen, but when we come back... We've got a special review because we like to sidestep because we got some special little fans. fans well, you like to. Question. I don't like to, but yeah, whatever. Well, it just makes us the Woody Allen casual specialist, which is an oxymoron. But anyway, guys, let's get the hell out of here. Thanks for watching. Subscribe to the channel if you want more content. Do not forget we've got the website Woody Allen Retro for the playlist for every single Woody Allen movie we reviewed. We hope to see you again. Thanks for listening on the podcast. And until the next one, see you later.